Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I am very excited today. Very, very excited. Very, very excited. excited. So um, I, um, we've got the pleasure and distinction of having Erica Pusillo on the podcast today. And uh, you may not know that name, um, but some of you who have been in our ecosystem long enough have heard a lot of conversations about this mythical Erica that's always being talked about. Peter's always talking about you, Erica, and we're always, we're always mentioning things that you do and, and how you've uh, affected my leadership and our organization in such positive ways. But without any further ado, I just want to give you a little background. Erica and I have been working together for over 11 years. Um, she started off in like our sterilization department, which is the entry level job in our practice and worked her all way, all the way up to running our entire organization. And uh, in 2018, she had the distinction of getting the practice administrator award from ADOM. So um, not only is she recognized locally, uh, but recognized on a national stage. And there's many companies that seek your advice and your input. And uh, you're what I consider to be a super influential person in dentistry. And I know Peter feels the same way. So Peter, any comments about Erica before we get started? No, I think, uh, I think she's your superpower. That's all I will say. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I feel, I feel like so I'm honored. just kidding, Greg. But Erica, you <laughs> yeah. are, you are, you definitely are a standout and, um, and you've leaned into, to, you know, Atlanta Dental Spa and you've helped my team. And so, you know, your awards and your recognitions are merit, you know, for sure. You've got the chops and you're, you're literally the, one of the best office managers and directors I've ever seen. So, so yes, awesome. Thanks. I'm excited. Yeah. And I'm excited. You're going to, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be leaning into our summit as well. I know we're going to talk about that as well, but you're going to be kind of leading the core, the team division of that, which is going to be exciting because, um, so many times, and Craig and I talk about this a lot, so many times, you know, these conferences are meant just for the doctor or just for the hygienist or just for something. So we are fully incorporating now, you know, with this division of uh, divide and conquer, you know, and we have the docs and then we have hygiene and now we have team, which you're going to be able to lead and take things to the next level. Because without complete integration, you know, like I was saying, without complete integration of all the new things you learn, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, it falls on deaf ears and, and one person comes back highly motivated while the other people feel like, well, what, what is this? What is this secret sauce you speak of? Right. From, yeah. From and but you come back on Monday with all these ideas and by, and Wednesday, you're hyped. It's yeah, all by Wednesday, you know, you can't, you feel like you're just pulling everybody. So this is why this, in my opinion, this summit is going to be even the most impactful of all the ones that we've had because people are going to come back with the unification of charge. And, um, and that's going to be exciting. And, and luckily now we have the space to do so in the, in the past, it was like, we couldn't really pull trigger because we didn't have this, this, this size of rooms and all that stuff, but we pretty much have the whole resort as you know, Erica. So it's gonna be exciting. And, um, so Erica, I'm, I'm eager to hear you jump in and, uh, tell us your story and give inspiration and, and all the things. So, um, yes, Craig, ab want absolutely. yeah. Yeah, I want to say one. More, sorry, I want to say one more thing just before we get started because I think that, listen, as dentists, we all feel very scared and alone. We didn't go to leadership school, we never went to business management school. So we figure if we just take the right courses, we take our COIS and our spirit training and a couple of Invisalign courses and an implant course, everything's going to be cool. It's going to work out really well. And uh, when the business doesn't work out, we go more clinical, we get more training, and we underutilize the leadership, business systems, bring your team, elevate your team. And that is where, that's what's missing in dentistry. Mm -hmm. Like I know the ADOM gets together and you guys get all together and you institute your ideas. And then there's the dental summits. But what's really missing, like Peter's saying, is the contiguous aligned whole office approach. 
because at ADOM, you guys can come back with wonderful ideas and you'll meet maybe a closed-minded dental business owner. You know, it's up to them as a rate limiting step and it's harder to, to really move the ball forward. So that's why, um, well, having- Craig, we talk about, sorry to interrupt, but we talk about leverage a lot, you know, and financial leverage and things like that on the podcast. And, and literally your team is your biggest investment and therefore Without it's the biggest yeah. source of your, of your leverage. So until you get your team and, and you know, everyone beaten on the same cylinder, it doesn't matter what you learn, right? It doesn't matter what CE you have until you have, you know, this culture that you want and, and you've, and you've amplified that leverage, which you've created and investing yeah. in, like everything is moot. So yeah. anyway, well, it's like knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. Execution is the power. So before we get started, I know, uh, Erica, thus far, you're a number one guest listener. So we appreciate you being here. <laughs> I'm carry on, carry on. We, we but no, this. but I just want to make sure that people understand that the, the team aspect if, if I would even go so far to say, Peter, and I'm going to go on record saying this, if you sent your team alone and you didn't go as the doctor and you let them strategize and come hmm. back and you let them implement, <laughs> you will be better than if you go. So you're the least important person to go? Yes, the 100%. And with that, Erica, <laughs> please get into your story. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so- I actually wanted to talk a little bit about before dentistry, because I think that it really relates. Um, I remember very distinctly in high school, um, we were voting for a class president. And I remember very distinctly saying, wow, I wonder what it would be like to be a leader, because I genuinely believed I did not have the skills, uh, you know, the, the mindset, the ability to do so. I actually am just by nature, very introverted. I enjoy listening. So I was loving listening to you guys in the beginning of this. That was great for me. <laughs> but um, I remember that. And I really, really believe that leadership was something you were born with. I, at that time, I didn't realize that leadership was a skill. So I go to Florida State University. My major is biomedical engineering. I really love math, really love science and very analytical, which tends to go hand in hand with the more introverted side, I think, where We've got that brain that we like being behind the scenes and building things more so than being in front and, you know, cheering people on and um, being that first person out there. So um, went to school and uh, I got into a moment where I was struggling and, uh, you know, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm by myself. And um you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm taking the right path. And I decided to withdraw from school despite doing really well. And I withdrew from school and came home and said, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know where I want to go. And my mom, she's a Sorry, what year was that, Erica? What year in school was it? What, what this year for you? was uh, 2000 and No, sorry. Was like you a junior or sophomore? Like, oh, I mean, junior, junior. Okay, got it. Late in the game. Junior. Yeah, yeah late in the game. I didn't know this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I went home and my mom's a dental assistant and she was the dental office manager also at that time and had a dental assisting school. She says, well, what about dentistry? And I'm like, I, I don't know. What about dentistry? And she said, you know, maybe look into hygiene school, come to my dental assisting school first, see if you like it. And then, you know, apply to dental assisting, uh, dental hygiene school. I said, okay, perfect. Went through the course, really wasn't that moved by it. Uh, did it anyways. And uh, life happened again. I um, was with my 
husband, my boyfriend at the time and got pregnant. And here I am, you know, going to have a baby and no start of a career yet at that point. Um, and uh, my, my uh, dreams and goals of going to school and becoming something great in that moment was kind of squashed. So coming into Spodak Dental, um, I w- had a very poor mindset about myself, um, lower self-esteem, not a leader, uh, failure on every definition of what you can consider failure to be. And the reason why I like to talk about that is I think that in the moments where we're at our lowest or our perceived lowest actually can allow the greatest growth. Like, where was I going from there? It wasn't going to get worse, you know? And um, I only had uh, more great things to, to do with my life. I could only go up. And I started at Spodak Dental um, in the sterilization department. I was there for about two weeks. And uh, then I got the opportunity to work with Dr. Miles Spodak as a dental assistant. Went to the dental assisting school. But basically, once you uh, go from the school right into the job, you're kind of, you don't really know what you're doing. And I remember standing there and he was talking to a patient and I was holding a two by two in my hand. And he's looking at me like, why are you holding that? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I don't want to appear like I'm not working, um, but I got to be doing something. If he needs me to wipe his mirror, like wipe something on the counter, I'm ready to wipe something. I've got this two by two in my hand. <laughs> and he tells me, he's like, you don't need to hold that. And I'm like, okay. Um, but from that moment, um, when we got new team members, we actually had, I think, eight people at that time at the office. And every new team member that came on board, I just remembered the moment for me personally, feeling like a failure, not knowing what's going on, feeling lost. And I went to those people just on my own accord and said, hey, let me help you to succeed here. Let me show you the ropes. Let me tell you what they're looking for. You know, let me train you on these certain things. And I just did it because I enjoyed to, but mostly from my pain point of saying, I, I don't want anybody else to, you know, feel lost or feel unworthy or, you know, have to figure out how to be successful on their own when I had the tools and the means to be able to do that. And um, I remember some of the other assistants at that time looked at me with like three or four, like I had three or four heads because they were like, who is this person? Brand new to dentistry, brand new to this practice and coming to the table with ideas and thoughts and training these new people and, you know, just taking, taking things on my, my own. And um, I just, I remember one of the team members, especially in one of the team meetings um, that she just gave me this ugly look and she was just like, you know, who, who do you think you are? And I, oh, I don't want to say who the so name funny. of the, the person is. Tell me later. And um, I, I will, <laughs> I will. And uh, it was interesting. And actually in that moment, I was like, gosh, I don't know. I don't know who I am. I just, I, I just want to help. And uh, that's where it started. And I, I didn't realize at the time that leadership at its foundation is really just the ability to make people better. And that's what I was doing unknowingly. Um, and also too, practice. Erica, too, I want to add something. Leadership before that is giving yourself permission to be the leader. Because there is that conversation of who am I to suggest something new? And I, I, I would put forward that most of our team members and most of our offices as denti- in dentistry, 
they're just like, I am not the doctor. I, who am I to blah, blah, blah. Who am I to this? And the doctors then feel really alone because they're, they're the only people and it's scary. It's scary for everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that um, one of the things that changed dramatically for me, that, so I had my own bad mindset, the, the things that I was saying in my head, who am I? I'm just a dental assistant. I'm new. I have no experience. I have no street cred. You know, who am I? And yet I would see you building, designing the building, working full time, hit, you know, hiring, I mean, literally every part of the practice and you were able to do that plus, plus, plus. And I remember seeing those moments where, you know, it it seemed like you had your ups and downs too. And when you had your downs and you shared them with the team publicly and it made me realize, wow, um, you don't have to be perfect to be a leader and you can struggle. I think a lot of times we see people at the peak of their careers and we think how easy that is or that simple or that person's born with it as if it's a gift that's given to them without realizing how hard and how many struggles you had to go through to get to that point. And it allowed me to realize in that moment that if you could do it, why couldn't I? And uh, I started reading, I I turned to books. I'd go to Barnes and Noble, grab a Starbucks coffee and just browse the business section, leadership section, really whatever I felt like I needed in that moment. And it started with um, one of the books and I'll totally misquote the title, but it was about um, making friends and, and winning people or um, something along those lines. How to win friends and influence people, yes, I think. Exactly. And uh, I figured at that time, like, I can't talk to anybody. I'm not a good talker. I'm not a good public speaker. Um, I still had that, well, who am I? So why would they listen? And I start, started with that book and it really started to open the doors about leadership for me and that I had a chance, you know, I had the ability to learn those skills to be a good leader. And it only went up from there, which is awesome. Um, I also at that time, and I tell many of my team members here is that I've always been a goal oriented person. So I think that's also what differentiates things. I really like to achieve and I really like to learn. And I find that there's a lot of commonalities that that people that lead and that do it well have that same value of wanting to learn and wanting to achieve. And um, it's important to also be that example for your team as well, is that when you show them what loving to learn and continuously learning is, they're also going to want to follow in your footsteps and to continue to learn and to want to achieve too. And uh, at that time, I my only goal was number one, keep my job. Um, and then number two, be the best assistant that I could be and what I thought that was. And, uh, you know, every couple of years, I like to reinvent myself. And, you know, after that time, I said, okay, I want to be the clinical team lead. And, you know, did, did that for a little bit. And then after that, I said, well, I want to have a bigger influence over the rest of the practice. And, you know, came to Dr. Craig, one review that we had and, you know, wrote him a letter and, and put it out there to say, hey, you know, I would like to take on the opportunity of being able to run the front and the back more as an operations person. And actually in my head at that time, that was more so the mechanical side of things. So, you know, h- how to look at numbers, uh, reports, onboarding new programs and systems, making things more streamlined, the tactical side of things. 
And what I ended up getting was a lot of the human side of things and the management of people, which I never really um, at that time meant to sign up for. <laughs> and uh, it's ended up being the most challenging aspect of the job, but also the most rewarding. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to, to be able to take that on too. I want to talk so that's, about that's um, my story. <laughs> I want to talk about an inflection point too. So, um, so here Erica comes to me, uh, and there's a couple takeaways. There's there's been a lot of learning. Like Erica had mentioned that she saw me doing things and said, "Hey, he's doing it. Let me do that too." And there's a there's a little point in our history, Erica's in our history, where we went from like mentor mentee and flipped it around for a minute. Um, and I think any really good relationship should grow in the fact that your teacher should become your student, your student should become your teacher. And so there was a, there was a first point where she's like, I want to, I want to run the whole place. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good goal. And what, what, that's probably like a five, seven year. I don't even remember what I said, um, but I said it was five a really years. five years. Five years. Yeah. I'll never do that again. Um, because it's like doctors, when they tell it, when a doctor tells a patient that they have five or six months to live, people die in that time. You, you, you take, something there's a law and I forgot the law but time will you will take the appropriate amount of time that you understand the timeline to be so in other words if you give someone a week to do something it'll take a week if you give them an hour it'll take an hour and you can you can define people by just saying something cavalier like that um, and Erica when she heard it it kind of pissed her off in a good way she's like oh so you know so she actually didn't listen to it and how long did it wind up taking before you're really running the whole place it took three years and I will say that yeah when we had that conversation and you know you said Yes, but I think it's five years from now. I, I really did. I went home and in my head, I was thinking he doesn't have a crystal ball. You know, who is him to, you know, to tell me this? And I was kind of angry because I wanted it now. And I, after a couple of hours of really marinating on it, I said, you know what, if I, what if he said yes? And I walked in tomorrow and I was in this new position, what would I be doing differently? What would that look like? And I started going through that in my head and I realized how much I truly did not know and what I, what I needed to learn. And so I used that as my, my marching orders to get prepared for when that door opened. And, uh, you know, so it did, it took me three years and I'm very thankful to, you know, I've had that opportunity to say, Hey, what would I would, what would I have done if he said yes. And to mm. actually start working towards that so position. What were you doing in that three year time? So were you a dental assistant while you were waiting for the job of and you were hustling? So you were doing your job in the day, learning the skills, learning the skills at night, essentially, yeah. in preparation for an opening. Is that yeah. accurate? Holy That's shit. exactly what I did. Literally yeah, and assisting and like with me and then trying to do something else and trying to fit backfill her assistant position. And then at that time I was like Craig Spodek, like 1.0, which, uh, which was a very difficult guy to work with. So imagine her trying to put out a fire and me having like a new assistant and be like, get out of here, get Erica. And she'd have to leave that and come like, I, 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 at that point in my development, like I'd have a new assistant that was so scared to work with me. Well, Eric, like, Get out of here and go get that, Erica. Erica, I have a phrase that I always say to our mastermind, and it's and it's it build for the practice you want, not for the one you have. And and what's resonating right now with me is that you train for the job you wanted, not the one you had. You learned for the job you wanted, not for the one you had. You grew for the job you wanted, not the one you had. And another thing that was popping up as you as you were is you were talking, which was beautiful, by the way. And I saw you get emotional. It was a raw emotion, yeah. and I love seeing that. 
Um, but I'm, what I was seeing as you were talking, you know what he loves that because he's incapable of feeling. But go ahead, Peter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up. Is I was seeing like kind of a flow chart, like a cyclical flow chart, right? You you learned and then you grew and then you became fulfilled, and which inspired more learning and growing and fulfilling. So it was this is this virtuous cycle that you just you this this feedback loop that you were having and. I don't know. That was a beautiful story, Eric. And I just, I really, you know, I admired you before, but like, I really admire you now that you just, you, you were in a position, you said, this isn't the end for me. I'm, I'm going higher and higher and I'm going to show him, him being Craig, I'm going to show him and I'm going to learn the chops to be able to step in. Not because I've been here 20 years, not because you didn't rest on the laurels. Well, I've been here four years. Let me have an advancement. You said, you said, I'm going to learn the skills and I will show you when the opportunity presents itself and you will not be able to say no, right? You won't be able to unsee what I'm about to show you. And I, I can't tell you how much I love, love hearing that. Yeah. So it, get, it gets better, Peter. So remember how I was talking about the teacher becomes a student. So I tell Erica here, here's what I want to do. I want to advance dentistry. I want to do it at a local level. I want to influence and shift the profession as a whole. I want to have a megaphone, a voice to make what we're doing here, like a lab and then use it to help dentistry as a whole. That's mm. what I want to do. Mm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that too. Like, oh, I can really resonate with that. So everything we learn here, we can go out and do it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So this was a conversation like five, six years ago. Like, this wow. is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to build a teaching center. We're going to go out and take the show on the road and help dentistry for the sake of, because it's a beautiful profession. So along comes this letter that I don't even know how long ago it was, but it was one of, it was a really cool inflection point for me. Cause remember how I said that the mentor became the mentee. So Erica's like, I'm going to be like him. And then she starts to see these characters traits in me that, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset at the person I was. It's just like, you know, I was full of, you know, I was nervous. I was scared. I felt alone and I didn't know how to navigate as a, as a young leader. Um, so I, I had default styles of anger and I'm a tall guy and I'm a, um, well, I'm a guy. And just, if you're angry and you're tall and you have a lot of presence, it, even if you say boo, it crushes people's spirit. And I was really using that side of, you know, I was really not the leader. I really wanted to be at that stage of my development. And, and again, I'm saying that and I'm giving myself forgiveness and I'm cool with what the stage I was at, but Eric had wrote this letter to me and it was like the, one of the coolest inflection points of my life. And the letter was basically, um, her res resignation letter of sorts. It was a very long handwritten letter. And I was, I was reading it and then I, I don't want to get emotional, but I cried my eyes out when I read it. Um, because for me, it, all I could hear is it was harsh. It was like, this is what you're doing. This is how you're acting. This is how you're crushing spirits of people around you. And if you want me to follow you into the noble battle that you want to go, I'll do it but I'm not going to let your ego and your insecurities and all this other stuff. I can't support that. I can't, I can't stand behind someone who will be like that. And for me, all I could read is I love you. I care about you. I love you. I care about you. Even though it was really harsh, it was like either change the way you're going or you go on that path. I'm going on another path. I can't, I can't work with someone that's going to be like that. And it was really cool. So it took so that was your inflection point, right? From humongous. Craig 1.0 to Craig 2.0. One of the one of the major ones. It was Got like it. aha. It was like the ghost of Christmas future. I could see uh -huh. where I was going. And I remember where I was in the building when I saw her. I had the letter in my hand. And you could have been like a lot of dentists I work with, unfortunately, 
I'm, I'm really sad to say this. They'll take that and they'll throw it and like, almost like at you, you have the, you dare tell me like, but it landed on me. And I remember we were right by the huddle room and I saw her. And when I saw her, I, I mean, this is going to get really mushy, Peter. So you may just want to mute this part, <laughs> yeah. but I started crying my eyes out and I looked right. at her and I was crying and right she, yeah, so, yeah, take it. He's off right now. <laughs> and and I, I was crying. She was crying and it was an instant understanding. He literally left by the way, Erica right now. It's not on the, <laughs> perfect. But I, I, said at that moment and it was this emotional thing enough no words had to be spoken it was like i get it i understand i see where i'm headed and i don't want to go there and there's nothing wrong with that in life that that should be a constant in your life you might have a relationship with a spouse or with a kid or whatever whatever relationship you have you should you don't have to feel bad about the person you are or that you're becoming as long as you have the emotional intelligence to be like i don't like that anymore that's not working for me i'm gonna make a hard left here and I said, if I'm going to do this at dentistry at scale, how can I stand on stage if I don't have the relationship with the team? And that was a cool point for me. And then I was like, okay, I, and then I would tell Erica, like, you have to be able to see, shoot me always straight, shoot me always straight. And I started that dialogue with the entire team. If you can tell if I'm in a bad space, shoot me straight. Don't sugarcoat me. Tell me if I could do better. Tell me if anything's going wrong. And I took it all on. I, I would agree with that. You are very, you are always welcoming uh, authenticity and people to tell you their feedback because you know, especially in the people that you know, it's not going to come from a malicious place like your team, but you always encourage me to do the same and, 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 and it's awesome. So I think that's why you've accomplished what you have and grown is because of your just willing to change and be raw and, and how are you perceived? Um, and that's awesome. Erica, that was beautiful. All right, new for 2021, we want to invite everyone listening to join us on our private network. It's free to join. Join the conversation at bulletproof.dental. You can even download it in the app store. Just look for the Mighty Network app and you can download it there. But just point your browser to bulletproof.dental and join and sign up and start collaborating on um, some of the ideas we discuss on the podcast. Um, there's content there to download and um, it's all designed to help grow and stimulate us together. Hope everyone has a great day. How did you achieve the award of the, the uh, officer of the practice manager of the planet award and such like that? <laughs> it was actually well, the if, universe. Yeah. Universe. If, um, if one existed, uh, I would definitely um, put that you on my try. list to achieve. You would go I, would try. <laughs> I would totally try that. Um, so it's the uh, Practice Administrator of Distinction. It's actually okay. not the award. That one's it's still right. on my, my, my list, <laughs> my to-do right. list. Right. Um, but it actually came from uh, Dr. Craig. He wrote a really nice letter about the accomplishments and who I was and what I've done for the practice and how much I've grown it. And during that time, that three years actually that I was working towards this position, I took on the Invisalign team. I created that and wanted to show, well, how, how can I influence the practice on a small scale to see if you can see how I can influence the practice on a larger scale. And I also wanted to back up a minute and say, you know, I don't have the mindset that I'm a victim. And I mm -hmm. know that nowadays that's almost like the default to be victimized. Right. And I will say to anybody that's listening, you know, non-dentists and any other team members out there is that the day you, you feel like a victim is the day you go nowhere. Hmm. You know, you have to prove your results speak for themselves. You know, whatever you want to do, do it and don't let what anybody else says 
affect yeah. what your outcome is going to be. Because no you one's know, coming no to one save tells you. Me, <laughs> no one's coming. No, no one cares about your success more right. than yourself. No right. one ever will. Um, so yeah, during those three years, I took on the Invisalign team, and uh, actually. I created the Invisalign team. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a while and I kind of said, hey, I, I have big goals and I have um, some big numbers I want to do. I can't do it alone and formed a group and took on the marketing um, at that point. And I'll say I enjoy marketing. I am a, definitely still a spectator in that realm of things, but I was trying it out and um, trying to come up with the, you know, new ways for us to grow that business. And it actually was really successful. We went to 50 cases every six months um, to now 150 cases every six months. And it seemed impossible. Uh, there were lots of barriers and roadblocks. And honestly, one of the people that was at the practice at that time is not at the practice anymore. Um, she tried everything in her possible power to stop me from growing the practice, from working on these mm -hmm. things. It's crazy. It's a Oh my goodness. She was in Dr. Craig's office every other day saying, Oh, in between patients, Erica's Change working is on marketing. You know, she's working on this. She's working on that. And Dr. Craig would be like, and why is this a problem? You know, the reason why I say that is that who cares if there are people that are against you, you will always have lots of them. Mm. And actually the more successful you are, the more amplified that negativity becomes. Right. And you have to be an absolute champion of yourself, you know, and, and push forward despite all of those things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just like if you want to be fit, you have to wake up early and, you know, food prep and go to the gym and, you know, it's a consistent routine, a habit, um, that you have to have in order to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And the funny it doesn't thing happen by mistake, Erica, like you're yeah. saying, it's intentional, it's planning, it's vision, it's execution, it's goals, it's all the things. So can I ask a question? So you, you essentially became a practice manager when you had a, a eight, eight people on the team, essentially, right? No, um, no, we had at that moment, 40, 40. around 40. Okay. Yeah, okay. when I started, we had eight team members. What I've seen with you guys, just allow me to to speak in both, is it is that you guys are a good yin and a yang. And I think, and I will encourage all the docs who are listening to that, that if, if you don't have someone in your ecosystem and you're not aware of what your powers are, find someone that compliments you. Because where I see Dr. Craig being super strong, um, well, let me go back. Where I see Dr. Craig being weak, you are strong and vice versa, right? It's I see like him you being, and me, Peter. Yeah, the I same see relationship. Him, I see, you know, Craig being great with ideas and vision and, and culture and, and all these things. And then you get to come behind and, and really execute from, a, from a, I see your ground game and that's what's amazing. And I think without, I think you obviously without him, without you and you without him, you, you know, it, it, it just doesn't work. But I think you both identify that. And like you said, Craig, kind of like me and you, we have different strengths and weaknesses, but I encourage those of you who are listening to this is be, be aware, be, be, be okay with the fact that you you stink at some things and are good at others because that was a big impediment to my life. I thought I was really good at a lot of things where I told myself that I was just, you know, all across the board good. And like, that's not true at all. No one's like that, you know, Jack of all trade, master of none. And so I, you know, it, it was the moment where I kind of identified, Hey, you know what? I really need some help in X, Y, and Z. So surround yourself. I guess my message is surround yourself by people who can, can either execute your vision like Craig or can, or can um, fill in your strengths and weaknesses. Um, I'm sorry, fill in your weaknesses. 
so that's just something I've identified with you guys. And you guys just continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger at Spodak because I think those, I think those uh, roles are becoming more and more galvanized over the years, right? Craig, you get to stay in your lane of your superpower, right? You're meeting people, you're kiss, you know, you're making relationships, yeah, kiss, and you're kissing hands, taking babies, kissing, yeah, <laughs> kissing babies. Um, so, oh, yeah. uh, what did I say? Shaking babies? No, shaking. You don't shake babies. <laughs> don't shake the baby. Actually, so, I, I, I anyway, that was say- that was my takeaway as as listening to you because I think that's that is a good takeaway for for those listening. But it's like, massive work though. So don't yeah. hear it. Like everybody look, magic is incredibly hard work. Like any relationship, a marriage, a long-term business relationship, there've been a lot of very hard conversations and very difficult times. And it is not, it was not easy. It is. Of course. A, so I just, people think. Well, if you it know, was easy, Craig, everyone could do it. I know, but it, they, they have to hear that. There has to be, there's so many points along the road. It's just in the power of sticking through things and really good quality communication and hey what did you mean by that mm-hmm. no the other day when you said that what was that about and like just getting really really good because human beings are tricky and there's what you say and what you believe and i love this quote that erica came up with i think i always credit her so if someone if someone finds out it's not yours they can post below but it's it's people feel what you believe erica has a great ability to approach a situation always aligned like i talked about when that day i was going to fire that doctor and this is just recent. This is that recent podcast. And that podcast helped a lot of people, by the way. So I go into Erica's room and Erica's like, uh, yeah, we got to let, we're going to let this person go. I'm like, I want to do it, but I'm going to tell her it's because she's injured. And Erica said, that's not the truth. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I don't have to tell her the full truth. That's a truth. She goes, but that's not the core truth. The core truth is that she's not good at what she does mm-hmm. and she deserves to be told that. So even at this late stage of the game where we're talking about us being like freaking self-actualized here. No, no, we're not. We're still fucking up at a daily. And it's even that, that was only like seven, eight months ago. Hmm. And it was like, Eric was like, no, you have to do the right thing. Because if you go in there and tell us because in, she's injured, and what happens three months later when the injury goes away? Hmm. You know, and Erica has this ability. She would let people go and oftentimes maintain really good relationships with them. There was one girl that wound up on a, at a, at a mug shot that she told her to pick out her own shovel, but I won't, we won't talk about her right now. But she, so what, I, what I'm trying to say is that she's always going with the ethical principled way that she can sleep at night and people really respect her for that. And that was one of my first times that I actually picked the hard truth, but it was the aligned truth. And I felt so good about that termination um, as good as you can feel about a termination. But I think talk, if you don't mind, Erica, talk about like, integrity feeling what you believe and and how how people perceive you and why you think people perceive you because everybody here is really thankful that they have her here you know they they really feel she's a resource and they're very thankful that she's here for them yeah you know my belief of you know making people better is absolutely the foundation of why and how and you know i make decisions, um, how I speak to people. So um, I always think if I have to have a corrective conversation with somebody, the come from is always, well, because I want to make you better versus because I want to make you feel bad, because I want you to feel stupid, because I want you to feel, you know, the same harm or damage that you caused to something else or myself. And um, once, once you have that belief of generally wanting to make somebody better, then you can really take on and embody all the rest of the practices, visions, and values, which we share. And I think that's why we align so well, because we both believe in that same common goal, 
we know where we're going. And I always think that if I'm going to talk to somebody, is my conversation going to take us closer to where we're going? Or is it going to take us farther away? And trust me, I'm not perfect either. I mean, there's moments where I'll hear somebody did something and my instant response is, I literally cannot believe this person did that. Or how dare this person? Um, You know, I have all those same instincts. Um, I'm just really good now at being better, um, pausing, self-reflecting, and then having a conversation that gets us closer to those visions and those goals. Um, So I do. And that what that's what compelled me to write that letter several years back. And actually, I, I ended up writing, I think, two or three, maybe more than that letters over the course of the time that we've been together. But um, what was so different is that you were receptive of it, Dr. Craig. And by your admission, uh, you know, of not being perfect and your constant pursuit to wanting to be better and to develop inspired me to be better and to develop and to admit where I was wrong or what my faults are. And that makes me a better leader for my team. It makes me more principled. It makes me more aligned with the vision and the goals. It makes me want to continue to go towards, you know, um, our ultimate end results. Um, Because, you know, it's, it's not easy and it's not easy for you and, and understanding that when it's not easy for me, that I'm not alone in that emotion or that feeling. I think dentistry just needs more of that, by the way. And that's why I think the pot, the people that subscribe to our podcast, um, you know, people look at Peter or, or me or you and say, yeah, of course, it's going to be super easy for you guys. And then they hear that it's not easy, hundred percent easy for us. It gives them permission to just have a little bit more grace for themselves. You know, funny, Peter, I'm actually reading Patrick Bitt David's book right now. I know that I'm late to the game. Um, yeah. Pete was, uh, had our mastermind. I'll read it, the five next moves. And I'm on the chapter now about this extreme ownership that Patrick Bitt David does. Everything is his fault everything it's he traces back every success and every most importantly is failures to say what did i do what did i tolerate how did i do this and that's the biggest i think he actually says it's the biggest differentiator for people who get to extreme success and not it's that they understand what did i do what could i have done better and it's actually fun because you get to grow you could be fixed and say, oh, no, you don't know what it's like. I practice in Ohio. Everybody knows Ohio. You can't get hygienists. You know, I hear that shit all the time. Like, you but know how it is. success and the failure leaves clues. And so you can, you can, you can learn from the, what, what crushed you and double down on what, you know, what was good. And, so and you'll get to fulfillment as well. So not only will you get better, but not having all the answers leads you to, leads you to fulfillment. Erica, well. if you had, uh, you know, I know we've only got a few minutes, in, but if you had a few... If you had a magic wand, I mean, I know obviously you lead your team, but let's say someone that that doesn't know you and just gets first exposure to you, like where would you start in kind of the the Ericaization of them, right? Meaning, <laughs> meaning, I'm trying to get to the like, what what are you going to be deploying at Summit to help bring people to kind of your your ground game and your team game, um, so to speak? Oh gosh, yeah, and there's so many things, but I would say that a lot of times when people feel burnout it's Mm. because they don't have something they're working towards Mm. and really the entire um reason for having this is to give people something to work towards a new sense of purpose recreation of who they are and who they can be what is that next version of them 
And then the journey begins. The fulfillment comes, comes within that journey too. And the excitement, um, the tears, all of those things happen and then the growth. Um, so I'd say it's uh, creating that next level, creating that next move uh, for yourself. Um, I go into a lot of the tactical stuff too. That's like my brain. I love going through that. So we'll talk about actually hands-on things um, all the way from dental assistant, business team member to office manager, um, you know, kind of have a playbook for you guys for that. Yeah, your systems and your reports and, you know, you, you're, you're, you know, you're downplaying the fact that you really are a systems driven leader. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen it and, you know, I've seen your, your organization and stuff and your, and your protocols and such, and you guys have a lot of stuff. And so, you know, I know you haven't talked about that a lot. I know, I know today has been consisted of a lot of your evolution. Um, but you are a scientific mind. And I think, I think systems resonates with you because, you know, you were going to school for what bio biomechanical engineering, yes. right? So, I mean, so that, you know, engineering brains, we love a step-by-step -step process. And I see you have created that all in your ecosystem. So I, you know, I wish I could be sitting in the audience as well. Unfortunately, I've got to be with um, the hey, big what's guy. His face? The big guy. What's his face? I'll record it for you. You can watch okay. it after. <laughs> um, but but I think it's but, important. The systems are, you know, that's what people are going to come for. And I think yeah. if, they, if they're if they open-minded to just get that, the systems of each, you know, because everybody at every level, the assistant should not just be sucking spit. You know, like my assistants wind up becoming like more doctor-minded, like, mm -hmm. you know, like... Erica knows more Agreed. about clinical Invisalign than the average Invisalign doctor does <laughs> without any doubt. She can design a case and figure it all out because like when, when someone's assisting me and my dad started with this, we like to tell them what's going on because it creates fulfillment to say, you're not just here mm -hmm. to just not pay attention and suck spit. You should be an active participant in it. And it's so much more rewarding. Like Erica had to do clinical with me like a week or two ago because um, Michelle, my assistant was out and it was just actually fun. Mm -hmm. It was actually, she got that back. That is a great hack, Craig, honestly, like the active learning every day. And so many doctors don't do that for fear of their pa what their patients may perceive as going on. Like, are you yeah, doing on the job public, training? Yeah. Are you doing on the job training? You know, but and, Erica and look, would talk to me all the time. Like, Hey, did you see that? Why do we do this? I'm like, Oh, that's such a good idea. You know, mm -hmm. or, or like, and we really have good exchanges. She's like, why don't you do that? Like in front of the patient. And I mean, geez, I, 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 it, it so works for us. No, we love it. I, I, so I had sweaty back around that same process. And so, so much that like, but if you put some Bose nose, noise canceling headphones on a patient, like you can literally use every procedure as a training methodology almost. Right. Because I don't patient, even think you need to do that. I know, too. I know, but I get sweaty back about that. Right. I don't yeah. like, I don't, I, so, I want certain doctors do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just saying like for you, it was cool. Like, oh yeah. Like you FaceTime me with your patients and stuff. And I'm like, oh, even I get sweaty. Back. Like, I don't <laughs> no. think you should be doing this. No, you FaceTime me like your kiteboarding. I'm like, uh, I'm working on Mrs. Jones. <laughs> Say hi, Mrs. Jones. Well, my, my point is, is that I love that. That's a great hack of like, just, you know, cause so many doctors want to be level. educators, but you just, sometimes you can't because you're in a quote unquote, you know, sophisticated procedure and, you know, and you got a Mrs. Jones paying high dollar for that procedure and you can't train in the procedure. And wow, would that have been a great opportunity? I know we just went really but micro. But these and are the types of hacks that awesome. Yeah, but those are the types of hacks that Erica has at every level of sterilization. I mean, mm -hmm. at, at at the assistant level, at the treatment coordinator level. It's this belief in our organization that everybody's constantly evolving into something else. There's a job you're doing, and the job you're slowly getting into. 
And it's just a belief. I mean, even Laura today at her huddle, Laura's brand new to the organization. She is sterile tech, no dental experience. All she does is process instruments and kind of help out in hygiene. And then she got a kudos this morning for helping redesign one of our flyers. She has a background in like working in printing. So she, we, Erica, the other day when she was clinical with me, she's like, are you handing this out to patients? Like some flimsy little flyer? I'm like, yeah. She's like, this sucks. What are you doing? I'm like, okay, well, let's fix it. So then she took it on herself and then involved Laura. But it's like this belief that everybody has unique attributes, not that are just in their core competency, but in their human superpowers. And we want to exploit those because that's what mm-hmm. creates fulfillment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that, that part of that journey is evolving people. So I, I meet with everybody on my team every three months. Um, so that we have dedicated time to sit there and we talk about what they're working towards. Uh, your team or every department? The entire office. Okay. Every right. department. So that is your team. I just doctors. didn't know if you were talking about your team being like, quote unquote, a business or admin team, so to speak. But no, no okay. everybody. Good clarification. Clinical, doctors, everybody. Wow. Everybody. Every three months, huh? Every three months. Yes. Wow. I do at Doc- least one to two too. a day. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a great... Uh, Wow. That's great. That's great. Yeah. But what comes out of those conversations is you really get to learn um, other people's skill sets that doesn't necessarily relate to dentistry. Like we met with Laura and she's like, Hey, I used to work at Staples. I'm like, that's amazing. I print stuff all the time. And I would love for you to own that and make it nice and, and easy. I had one business team member actually say to me, um, she goes, you know what? In my old job, I used to collect past due balances and I really love it. And I go, oh my gosh, everybody hates that. It's the worst job we have here. I was like, boom, it's yours sold. And now she, she manages VAR. Yeah. And she does a great job. And she's crushing it by the way. Well, duh. And you know why? why No, but you know why she started really crushing it? She got, it was an inflection point because Eric was talking about it for like months and months and months and months. And then one day it clicked. So we were right out like shy, like 20 grand from uh, a tier of bonus. Mm Mm-hmm. And she got so mad. She's like, "There's, I saw how much AR is in here and we could have gotten, and I'm never letting that happen for my team again. And it just, so it's not that mm. people need, you know, everybody thinks change takes time. You just need good reasons and then change can be immediate. That's amazing. So, mm-hmm. so that was her reason. I love that. That's cool. Um, well, Erica, let's, uh, I appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. And, and like I said, that was, uh, I learned a lot about you and that was a beautiful story. And uh, yeah. I'm excited to I'm excited to hopefully get to watch you in in Austin work your magic and and change lives and and help you know create fulfillment where people might have some and create hope where people might not have some and lead teams where you know there may be an absence of that or help lead teams you know what I mean so um, yeah keep being you and thank you for uh, spending the time with us this morning. Thank you guys really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I want to close by saying that um, like I said in the initial portion of the podcast, if you decide that you can't go, send your team. Uh, I, I really firmly believe that. Um, it's kind of such a funny comment. Sorry. It is because it's like, I see the rate limiting step. The chokehold on any, I'll, I'll quote Tony here, the chokehold on any business is the psychology and skill set of its leader. And it's not the skill set. 90% is a psychology. So the true chokehold on anybody's business is the psychology of its leader. So get the hell out of the way, get some great people. You have them there. You have people that are yearning to do more, to support you. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to pretend like you've got the, you know, the leadership thing down pat. It's okay to be authentic and let people know where you need help. People actually do really well with that vulnerability and that transparency. Makes you want to help more, actually. You know, I, I find that. 
for sure. Totally. All right, everybody. Thanks for thanks, thanks for Erica. tuning in. Remember, bulletproofsummit.com is the registration address, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take care, everybody. Bye.